welcome to Nice Bossy with Emma Siebold. What's nice bossy, you ask? Well, I came up with the phrase nice bossy to help my vivacious and very forthright daughter understand how she can be a strong and confident leader who gets what she wants through being nice and using her manners. I believe you can be powerful and successful without compromising kindness, empathy, or your contribution to the world. I'm living proof as I've done just that with my businesses, Bar Body and Bend. This podcast is all about going for and achieving your life and business dreams in a way that's aligned with your heart and values. I founded Bar Body nine years ago and have grown it into the highly profitable multi-million dollar business it is today. I lead with love, make smart, strategic decisions, take calculated risks, and tenaciously go for my dreams. I've had many a struggle and hardship, but ultimately the biggest personal and professional growth has been born of my toughest times. I've learned so much along the way, and I am excited to share my journey, success secrets, and special sauce with you so that you may live your dreams, build a profitable business, and lead with love too. Let's get into it together. Hey there, this is Emma. Welcome to episode seven of Nice Bossy. Thank you so much for joining me. It has been a little while between episodes. I've had a lot going on in my life, so much stuff, a new business brewing, we've been renovating, we've bought a beautiful retreat center, so, so much happening for us at the moment, but it's been just, I just haven't had the time, but I'm really delighted to be back again today with a new podcast episode. A really important topic today, I'm going to be talking about the ongoing impacts of COVID in my business. So it is now June, 2021. So well and truly a year on from when COVID began, but it is continuing to inform and impact my business more and more. I actually report recorded this podcast episode a few weeks ago, and then we had another lockdown in Melbourne. And so everything that I'd said, most of it still applied, but I felt that it was really important to re-record so I could capture, I guess, this latest development in what's happening. The big thing I think with the latest lockdown in Melbourne is that I was probably feeling before that we were well and truly on the road to recovery and that things were getting back to some semblance of normal and that we would be able to continue business as usual, the new usual, the new normal, which is very different to the pre-COVID normal, but that we would continue that way and eventually everyone would get vaccinated over the next 24 months and then life would return completely to normal. But then lockdown hit and it threw a big spanner in the works. So I feel like it's a really good opportunity to re-record this episode and make it a fuller episode and more current. So here we go. So COVID, everybody's talked about it and hopefully I can bring a little bit of a fresh perspective talking about how it's impacted my business because I have to be honest, it hasn't been completely bad. There's been some really positive things to come out of COVID for us. So we've had some really amazing business opportunities and some big business growth, particularly in the online space, surprise, surprise. 
And then we've had some other things that have been much less good. So I'm going to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. So I think it's really important to rewind and go back to the very beginning of COVID. So my business was in a reasonably healthy position pre-COVID. We'd had a couple of years of rebuilding. So in 2017, I very sadly lost my mum to cancer and my brother a few months later, quite tragically. And so, you know, it was a very, 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 very hard time for me. And my brother actually worked in our business. So took my eyes off the ball and hands off the wheel, if you like. And so did my husband, understandably and naturally. And things started to go a little bit pear-shaped in the business. And a whole lot of stuff happened that meant that we, in 2018 and 2019, we were really, really focusing on rebuilding the business, getting it back. And so at the beginning of 2020, we were kind of there. We'd gotten the business in really healthy shape again. I should say that I'm not going to gloss over my experience with my beautiful mom and my gorgeous brother. I will devote an entire episode talking about how that grief impacted me personally and also how it impacted my business. So please know that I am going to come back to this in a future episode. It's obviously a very big one for me and really very much a very emotional one. So I am going to come back to it and give it the absolute justice and attention and focus that it deserves. For now, it's important to say that we'd been through we'd been through a pretty rocky road in that time up to COVID. And in January, February 2020, I can say that our business was in really nice shape. We were in a really nice spot. And then COVID hit. COVID was particularly frustrating for me because I turned 40 in February 2020 and I was supposed to be going to Palm Springs with my very best girlfriend for a 40th birthday trip. She had turned 40 11 days before me. So I was early Feb. She was late Jan and we planned it. We're going to Palm Springs and we booked this beautiful sound bath in the desert. We were going to different day spas and yoga classes and it was going to be amazing, but we didn't do that. That didn't happen. COVID hit and that's probably the least of my worries, the trip of a lifetime that I missed. But the big shock for us coming into COVID was obviously having to close the studios. So at that time we had nine studios and they had to close overnight, all of them, just like that. We had a very healthy business. We were ready for online and I will talk about that in a moment. But from a studio perspective, it was very, very scary. In the early days of COVID, we didn't have JobKeeper. There was no announcement. JobKeeper sort of came maybe three or four weeks into the shutdown so we didn't in that that early days we didn't know that jobkeeper was coming we didn't know that there were going to be any rent concessions from landlords so it was a really scary time for me not only did we have a big rent roll so we had nine studios but two leases on one of them so 10 commercial leases and our rent obligations from memory were about $100,000 a month and then we had our payroll which i have the most amazing team and we had a payroll of about the same. So our costs just to pay our team, and this is just our full-time team. So the, the biggest heartbreak was having to stand down all of our casual teachers and knowing that there was no way that I was going to be able to support the entire business. We had this very short runway. So to pay our full-time team and to pay our rents was about, I think, the high, close to $200,000 a month. 
And when you have almost nothing coming in the door, that is a very, 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 very scary proposition. And it was, it was shocking and scary. And I don't think I slept properly. I lost a bunch of weight. I was so stressed. I was eating, but the adrenaline was just churning through it. And I was eating chocolate and sugar just to keep me going. I was waking up in the middle of the night and starting work at 4am or waking up doing a few hours at midnight and then going back to bed. It was a really, really difficult time. Very, very hard on my adrenals, very, very hard on my body and certainly hard on my emotions. It, those first, that first month, I wouldn't say it's the worst time in my life because I've told you that I've had a lot worse times personally, but it was certainly the worst time in my professional life. It was enormously stressful. So we had this situation where we closed all the studios. We didn't know how long we were going to make it, how long we could start paying the team. And I had the discussions and, you know, had those scary thoughts around, okay, so what happens if we make all of a bunch of the people redundant and shrink the team? And we really, really, really didn't want to do that. I do believe that in business, you have to make some tough decisions. But at that time, so early on, I didn't want that to be the decision that I had to make straight away. So my idea was to hang on as long as we could. I wanted to, you know, I wanted to preserve my beautiful team and wanted to keep paying our full-time and part-time staff for as long as I can, could. And the idea was that we would divert the resources. So the ones that were working on studios, we just shifted everyone's focus to online. So we were, I'll come back and talk about studios a lot more, but I'm going to move on to online now. We were very, very, very fortunate in that we already had our teacher, our bar teacher training program was already online and we'd been training bar teachers, bar instructors online for a couple of years already. And we'd almost finished our Pilates mat teacher training online. So we managed to get that finished and obviously the bar was already online. So we had this great online platform for education. And you can imagine that you've got a bunch of people at home wanting to fill their time. Everyone's in lockdown. So online training and possibly even thinking about different career options. What will I do? I want to do something different. I want to do something for my health. So we had this really, really great vehicle that was filling a need in the marketplace in the online training space. We also worked really hard to get our reformer teacher training online as well. And we did that in the first few months of COVID. So an amazing, amazing coming together and and refocusing of resources on the parts of the business that we really could sell during COVID. The other space that we were super, super fortunate in, and by good design, not just luck, it was absolutely good design, was that we've had Barbody online. So our online streaming workout platform, so online classes, we started doing online classes way back in 2012. So we opened the very first studio, the first bar body studio in Melbourne in early 2012. And by the end of 2012, I was filming, editing, and uploading. So basically I was everything. I was the director, the producer, the performer, all of the things. And we created Bar Body Online in 2012, nine years ago now. And originally it was a free platform. So it was just a beautiful add-on for all of the people who 
were doing our classes in the studio, but also it was a really great way of getting content out there. So way back then, bar was not very well known in Australia. We were the first standalone bar studio. And so it was, we had a big job to do to build the category and tell people what bar was all about. So this online platform was a fantastic way to reach people that weren't in Melbourne, which is where our first studio was. Fast forward a few years, and I think it was 2016 that we monetized Bar Body Online. So we took the platform. First, we developed our own platform. So we developed our own technology, and it was my brother that did that. So Bar Body Online is special to me for that reason as well. So he developed a platform for Bar Body Online. We later on moved to a different platform. We moved to Uscreen and we've been monetizing. So we've had a membership platform with Bar Body Online for, for now five years, but when COVID hit, it was almost four years. So we were very much ready to ramp up the parts of our business that worked in COVID. So what we essentially did was close the studios. We diverted all of our studio resources so that the, the studio managers and the team members that were on full-time and part-time we got everybody's energy focused on Barbody Online and Barbody Teacher Training, both selling. So we mobilized our sales force and also our product team. So developing new products, really refining the experience to suit the COVID landscape. So one of the very first things we did, even before the lockdown, was we started teaching live classes. So we knew how to do this. We've been doing it for years. We know all about how to teach online classes and how to deliver them. The live classes were definitely new to our arsenal. And initially we did this in a private forum on Facebook. So we had a private Facebook group where we would stream, live stream live classes. And then about six, three, no, about three months into COVID, we moved the live classes onto our Bar Body Online platform and started live streaming them there, which is what we're doing now. We have live classes we have 14 live classes a week and we've got about 300 streaming videos. So we were well and truly established and we were very, very fortunate that we had these amazing platforms. As I said, by good design, I knew that online was a really, really big part of the future and I knew that that's where things would go more and more. I certainly did not predict COVID and did not expect that everything would switch over so quickly, but we were very, very fortunate to be in the position that we were. So we took a risk and if you've listened to my podcast, you'll know that I'm a pretty big risk taker. I'm not at all risk adverse. I like taking risks. They're always calculated risks, smart risks. I am very conscious of making sure that the risks I take are for the right reasons and at the right time. So this was one of those risks. We had an amount of money in the bank and the choice was, do we just try and save that money so we can keep paying our expenses, big amount of expenses each month? Or do we invest in advertising to grow these online platforms? And we chose the latter, invest in advertising, and it paid off for us. So we managed to grow Barbody Online very, very quickly. And then so we focused on Barbody Online for the first month, and then we focused on Barbody Teacher Training, and then both of them grew and grew and grew. So we were in this really fortunate position that we were able to sustain the losses in the studio space to and sort of breaking even. We were, And I had to do a lot of things to make that happen. So 
we divided and conquered a little bit in the business. So my husband focused on sales. Our team focused on product and marketing. And I focused always on product and marketing and strategy, but also I focused on trying to minimize our exposure. So minimizing the rent, the costs in the business. So I went to all of our suppliers and had conversations about how much they could support us by giving us months free or reduced subscription fees. And then I went to all of our landlords, so nine landlords and having discussions, like daily discussions with each of them. And this was all happening in the most stressful time before the rent, the commercial rent guidelines were announced. So it was a really, really stressful time. But the absolute strategy for us was to try and mitigate our exposure, try and minimize the costs, try and maximize the revenue that we could get coming in through our online businesses. And then my other big focus was just trying to look after my team. So trying to look after the emotional health of this team of over 100 women that were part of the Barbody family. And it was really, really hard because on the one hand, I'm trying to save the business and make sure that the business survives COVID. And in that making decisions, that meant that we couldn't pay our casual staff because I wanted them to have a job to come back to. So having to make some difficult decisions, but then, you know, we were very lucky that JobKeeper came in and JobSeeker. So that really helped ease that burden from me. But that was something that I found really personally very, very challenging. Wanting also to look after our clients. So trying to provide the absolute best online experience that we possibly could. And how do you do that? You try and create community online. It's not easy, but it was really important to us to try and connect with our clients and have our teachers connecting with our clients in the most nurturing and soft and loving way possible online. So it wasn't easy. So COVID for us was a myriad of challenges. It really, really pushed me. I feel like I'm absolutely a better businesswoman for it. I wouldn't say that after homeschooling my children, I'm a better mother for it, but I'm certainly a better businesswoman for it. I tell you what, homeschooling, I do not recommend it. And I don't think I would ever get a job as a homeschool teacher. That's one thing that I'm pretty certain of. So for us, there were some big wins and some big losses. I said, I'd talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. The good was the way that my beautiful team really rallied. Like everybody just put in a hundred percent and there was no sense of impending doom. We were all, you know, pretty worried because it was a very scary time, but everybody was just, you know, putting in the hours, putting in the effort, putting in their love and attention and energy. And I feel that that's really testament to the way that things are at Bar Body. So that was probably the good for us was the love and care and passion and commitment and not having to make anyone redundant through reasons of COVID was really, really felt pretty good to me. The other good thing was obviously our growth in the online space. Without it, we absolutely wouldn't be here as a business now because it was a very, very, very tough time. Or we would, but we would be in crazy amounts of debt and would have maybe ended up with one or two studios. Another really good piece was our Byron Bay Studio Bend really, really, really grew a lot during that time. Once we got to reopen after the lockdowns ended, that has been a really positive growth story because Byron Bay was obviously the place to be and still is the place to be. So that was a that was a really lovely win for us. 
the good. So that's the good, I think. And also having time with my family, even though I found lockdown pretty challenging and COVID pretty challenging generally, I really felt that as a family, we just got so tight and it was just such a lovely, special time. One of the fun things that we did during lockdown was we did Just Dance, which is a video game. But instead of playing the video game, we would just watch YouTube clips of other people, so other avatars doing dances, and we would dance along to them and video ourselves. It was really, really, really fun. One of my favorite things to do as a family. So if you need a hint, if you need a family activity, an indoor family activity, I highly recommend Googling YouTube Just Dance videos and and playing along. So that was the good. The bad was closing three of our studios. So we made the decision really early on and I maybe would have made a different decision if I could see into the future, but I couldn't see into the future. So I still feel good about making those decisions. So we closed our Bondi Junction studio. That's definitely one that I would have absolutely kept open had I foreseen into the future, but that's life, right? When we closed our two Brisbane studios, so we had a studio in Newstead and a studio in Brisbane CBD. And it was really heartbreaking because that we just had the most beautiful team in Sydney and having to say goodbye to all of them was very, 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 very sad. So the bad and then the ugly, I think, was the first few weeks was just very, very, very scary. Thinking we were going to lose my husband and I, we don't have any investors. We don't have a lot of debt. We've got a lot of debt in our home and our mortgages, but we don't have a lot of debt in the business. And so we wouldn't have investments. We didn't have a big bank, like surplus money to spend and money to keep us going. So it was that bit was really, really scary, worrying that we were going to lose everything, our home, everything, everything. And luckily that didn't eventuate. And the not sleeping and the not eating properly, that was probably the ugly too. So that's the good, the bad and the ugly. And then we go move to bouncing back. So Melbourne took a lot longer to bounce back. And when we reopened, I'd say that we probably attracted, both in Sydney and Melbourne, probably attracted about 50% of our clientele back. And that comes from the location of our studios. So we are in prime city and inner city locations. So there's not, there's just quite simply not as many people in the cities anymore. And people have changed their workout routines. They're doing a lot more outdoor exercise. They are working out online more. They're doing this hybrid of going to maybe the gym in there where they live. And maybe they're only working two days a week going into the office. So there's not as many people taking unlimited memberships or memberships in general. So for us, we were able to recover about 50% of our clientele, maybe less in some studios, more in others. And so that's been really tough. And then there's just not as many people in the city and in the locations where we are to draw from. So that's been really difficult. Our studios are not quite break even. We're lucky that we've got these other revenue streams that are helping to balance us out. So overall, as a business, we were kind of break even for a while. And then the online market has softened a little bit. So there's a lot of competition in the online workout space. You've got all of these big players who are buying up subscribers for, and I think there's a there's definitely a future play there for having a massive subscriber base. So they're spending much more on advertising than these subscribers are worth. And so 
while we had a big growth, then people started canceling their memberships because they returned to work. So our online business has softened a little bit. And at the same time, our studio business hasn't recovered at the rate that I thought it would. So we came into 2021 reasonably strongly, but things have softened a little bit since then. So before going into COVID, we decided we would do a big promotion to get people into the studios. And that was looking really successful. And we spent a lot of money on advertising and enticing clients to the studio. And then the week before the promotion was supposed to happen, Melbourne went into lockdown again. And that was pretty heartbreaking. I have to be honest, I've had a pretty challenging month, maybe a little bit more. We've had just so much going on. We've been renovating at home and at our retreat house. And that's pretty exhausting in and of itself and very disruptive, disruptive having people in your space. And the idea is to turn this retreat space is going to be an income generating. It's a new business. And so that's always a bit scary, investing in a new business and not seeing it come to fruition, but also just the disruption in my life that that, that has had. And then I've had some people challenges in my business and the financial stress of not think you know not quite making not quite making ends meet is really really scary and then like i said we were having a big push to attract and acquire new clients in just bring some life and energy into the studios we had this really amazing promotion and covid hit and Melbourne has definitely been harder hit anyway. So our Melbourne studios have been harder hit than our Sydney studios and slower to bounce back. I think there's a little bit less confidence in Melbourne, just consumer confidence generally from a working out perspective. And also, as I said earlier, there's just quite simply many, many, many less people in the areas where our studios are. So this latest lockdown really has really, really challenged me. I found it very difficult personally on an emotional level, just feeling a little bit exhausted. And I had been feeling really positive going into this big push for members. And then to have that happen was just heartbreaking. And to have to close the studios again and same situation, we just quite simply cannot afford to pay our casual staff. And we don't have JobKeeper this round it's been a really, really tough time and we're out of lockdown. So Melbourne's out of lockdown now, but there's still restrictions on fitness studios. And so we're not open again. And it's really, really quite difficult because we need to work out how long do you keep hanging in there? I know that our business is amazing. I know that our teachers are amazing. I know that our classes are amazing. I know that our clients are extremely loyal and love what we do. But how long can we hang in there? There's a principle called the sunk cost fallacy. And it talks about how, because we've invested significantly, we don't want to give up even when we're losing. So the idea is, you know, let's say you've invested $200,000 into a studio and you don't want to, even though it might be losing five, ten, fifteen thousand $15,000 a month, you don't want to give it up because of that big investment. Well, that's called the sunk cost fallacy. And there comes a time where you have to decide it might be better just to 
call those sunk costs and move on. We're not there yet. I'm still very, feeling very, very hopeful about Melbourne and our studios, and I can't wait to reopen again. I'm really desperately hoping that the government isn't going to restrict us to just 10 people per class, which is what's happening in regional Victoria at the moment, because that makes it very, very hard to make money because then you're paying rent and all of your general running costs and paying teachers, and they're not willing to be paid less, understandably so. But if you're only having 10 clients in a class, the numbers just don't work. So I'm really, really hoping that we can open with reasonable numbers again. I'm hoping we can open soon because it's really, really tough being closed. Where to next for my business in general? I really hope that Melbourne reopens soon and that we can encourage and invite our beautiful clients back and give our teachers work again. These poor, amazing human beings sitting at home, not being able to do what they love is just quite honestly heartbreaking. We've got some other new stuff in the pipeline. So I'm a big believer in risk and we're about to take another couple of risks actually. We've got quite a lot of new stuff actually in the pipeline. So I'm really hoping that it all comes together. We're thinking about whether we take some investment to help prop up or not even prop up, but help with these other new things that we want to do. So it's a big time for me. There's so many moving parts. I'm doing my retreats now. My first retreat is sold out. So that's amazing and exciting. These are my business retreats. So helping women predominantly because I think that I resonate with women and women, women women resonate with my story. But I'm now doing these really cool business retreats where helping women either start or grow their businesses. And the first one, like I said, the first one in July has sold out already. It's sold out with six weeks to go. So I'm going to launch new dates really soon. If you're interested, send me an email. Find me, um, my website is emmasebold.com. But that's really, really exciting I'm going to hold on with my studios as long as I can. I really believe in them. I believe in, I love this business. I love it so much. And I'm just going to trust that it's all going to work out. So we're hanging in there, believing that it's going to bounce back. But I would encourage you, if you're listening to this episode and you do own a studio or a business, you do really need to consider that idea of the sunk cost fallacy and work out when does it no longer make sense to hang on. So that's a little piece of advice for you. I'm looking at alternative revenue streams. And again, that's something that I would advise you to do if you have a business that's been affected by COVID. What are the other revenue streams that you can bring into your business? One of the things that we did was launch an at-home reformer. So that obviously makes perfect sense because more people are working out at home. So that was a way that we could grow, develop and grow a new revenue stream that wouldn't be negatively impacted. In fact, it would be positively impacted by COVID. So I would absolutely encourage you to look at other potential revenue streams for your business. So other pieces of advice for you before I sign off, I would strongly recommend if you're running a business, really manage your cash flow super, super tightly. Where businesses often fall over is that they're not managing when money's coming out and in, and therefore things, they'll basically run out of money when if they're not managing when payments are going out and when money's coming in. So cash flow, keep your eye on your cash flow, keep your eye on your profit and loss. You need to be on top of that. It's something that I do as soon as the profit and loss is ready, I go through it with a fine tooth comb because we, our business being sort of a cash business in that we people pay for classes and then we deliver the service. I can use my profit and loss almost in the same way that I would use a cash flow. So 
definitely familiarize yourself with your business, your financial statements. It's really, really important. Another piece of advice is just to be a little bit wary of borrowing from tomorrow. So it's all good and well to delay your rent and to borrow from the bank at low interest rates, but just be mindful of the impact that's going to have on your business post-COVID. And again, it's that idea of the sunk cost fallacy. If pre-COVID your margin, your profit margin was pretty tight as it was, then imagine if you're adding extra debt, future debt to your current business, how much tighter that's going to make your business. So really, really important that you're aware that borrowing from tomorrow isn't always the best idea. Another piece of advice, I've touched on it already, diversify and get creative. So how can you grow different revenue streams in your business that will be COVID proof or future proof? So look at what you can do. Is there a product or service that you can bring to the marketplace? One of the really great examples that I heard of in the early days of COVID was a company that did events and staging. When COVID hit, they very, very quickly developed an at-home desk. I think it was a stand-up desk for at-home and their sales went absolutely through the roof. So they took their capabilities in terms of production and building things and put it into a product that would be in hot demand during COVID. So that's a really clever way of diversifying and getting creative. What are the skills that you have and what other products and services can you bring to market that work, that help to diversify your risks and work in this new environment that we're living in. Try to stay positive. It can be really challenging. And I'll be totally honest, I've had a few weeks of not feeling great. And then I had a nice break over the June long weekend. And now I'm feeling fresh and reinvigorated and positive again. So it's really important to step away every now and again. The more stressed you are probably means you need a break more than ever. And then finally, Infuse joy as much as you can in what you do. I've always said that the things that you can't change or impact as directly are the external circumstances coming towards you. So I can't really change COVID. I can't really change the things that are happening to me. So the the external forces that are impacting my business. But what I can change is my response to them. So I can choose to stay positive. I can choose to not get stressed or anxious. And it's not that easy a choice, but you really have to consciously work at being being able to be present, being able to have perspective, and also remembering that things could be a lot worse. And this was, I think, easy for me during covid And also recently with the second Melbourne lockdown, the third, fourth, the most recent Melbourne lockdown, the 2021 most recent Melbourne lockdown was remembering that I've been through much worse with my family situation. Losing my mum and brother was much, much worse. This in comparison is not as bad. And so having that perspective really, really helped me and has and continues to help me get through this. So I encourage you to prioritize a little bit of self-care. If you don't meditate, for the love of all that's holy, please start meditating. It is the best 20 minutes a day, the best investment that you can make in your life. I highly recommend it. It kept me sane. Lay off the alcohol a little bit. That's another piece of advice from me. When you're stressed, maybe have one glass of wine, two glasses of wine to take the edge off. But for me, 
the more stressed I have, the more I just abstain from alcohol altogether because I know that the that it'll make me feel worse in the future. So yeah, infuse joy, prioritize self-care, take care of yourself, try and have perspective, try and remember that things could be a lot, lot worse and keep on going. Thank you very much for listening to this slightly longer than usual episode. It's a bumper special episode all about COVID. Thank you for listening and please take care of yourself. Reach out to me, connect with me, and I will see you again very, very soon. Well, that's it for today's episode. If you want more from me, visit my website, emmasebold.com for show notes and all sorts of goodies. Or follow me on Instagram at emmasebold underscore. Thanks again for listening and I hope I can help you live your richest, most magical, most successful and aligned life. Until next time.